Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and welcome to the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 Television. What does that mean exactly? Well, we have our own uh, broadcast network, and uh, we've partnered with E360 TV, and you can too, actually. Uh, one of the coolest things ever is being able to run our own network uh, to elevate the other voices for the voiceless, but you have that opportunity as well. So I want to give a shout out to E360. Thank you so much. Uh, your partnership means the world because it's giving us the freedom to offer you all censorship-free content all over the world. So thank you to everyone who supports the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Look, we're on all the platforms, TV, radio, podcast, social media, but you just can go to livemonoworldwide.org to watch or you go to your smart TVs and download the E360 TV app. And you will find our network there. We have some other great, great shows there that you'll enjoy. You will also see our film, The Devil Inside Me, uh, which, as you guys know by now, uh, my wife and I are the authors of The Devil Inside Me. And uh, it's a story about my life. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a little hairy. That said, uh, I think that you, if anyone that's out there is struggling, who's suffering in silence or know what it's like to suffer in silence, or if you're somebody that lives with secrets and shame, uh, people with guilt, any of that. If, if you've ever just experienced addiction or pain or abuse, this book is for you. So thank you. And you can actually scan. Wait, left hand, right hand. <laughs> Pointing to it right there. That barcode. You can buy the book on ebook, paperback, or hardcover. Also want to give a shout out really, really quick to State and Liberty. Thank you guys so much for uh, your partnership with the show. I love my suit. I love wearing it. It's comfortable. I can do karate in it. Yes, I can. And it even breathes. So nice and flexible and stretchy. I absolutely love them. You can go to stateandliberty.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund and save 20% today on custom suits, uh, shirts, you name it. They have everything. And last, and this is my favorite, favorite partnership, and we will get into our guest in just a second, who is awesome. You guys are going to love her. Um, Pathwater. We just got our box in today, or yesterday. I love this brand. Honey, Yeah. you're a fan of their water, too. Why don't you come here? I've never actually seen what happens in the box, because I was a fan of the water before I became, uh, well, before they sponsored the show. I reached out to them because I was so passionate about what they're doing to stop plastic pollution. I think it's terrific. Oh, that's Ooh, fancy. The packaging. Oh, there's Gorgeous. a still water. Okay, check this out. This is how the box of water came. That's cool. So there's an alkaline water. There's a still water. What's alkaline mean? I think that's like where that has the pH where it balances out your pH because Ooh. cancer and disease can't live in pH. There's some water experts Ooh. out there and I'm not one of them, but I will tell you because there's a lot of great tasting water out there. But what I love about path water is it's fight to stop plastic pollution. How many of you have bought those 89 cents water bottles from the convenience store? And what do you do with them? You spit in them, you throw them out, whatever. Do you reuse them? No, because you've been told that if plastic water sits in your in your car, it's going to release toxins and kill you. And whether that's true or not, I have no freaking idea. But the point is, plastic pollution ends up in your food. It ends up in your baby food. It ends up in the sea life. It's a problem. And it's just gross. Pathwater created an affordable $2.30, $2. 
bottle of water that you can reuse over and over and over again. Will you grab my bottle, please? Yes, please. I'm actually excited because I've used this bottle now <laughs> for two weeks. It's got dents in it. It's got everything. So I'm a huge fan. Go to Drink Path Water. Just show you the website here. Drinkpathwater.com. You can use promo code Joshua T. Berglund and save. They're awesome. It's awesome because it's affordable water. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Do you have anything to say about the water other than looking pretty? <laughs> I'm just here for, uh, you know. She's my Vanna White. Just kidding. <laughs> We're actually, she's my queen. So my Vanna White. Anyway, enough of that. I appreciate you putting up with us talking about our sponsors, but we are passionate about them. We love them. And here's why. Because our sponsorships go to support the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation in our mission, our youth media literacy program and beyond. So we are passionate about our sponsors. We're passionate about people that believe in our mission uh, and, and they do, but we also believe in them. So we're grateful for State and Liberty Suits, grateful for Pathwater, and uh, I hope I didn't miss anything. <laughs> anyway. E360 Television. Thank you guys so much. We have an amazing uh, guest today. But before we get into that, I'm going to read you some of the reviews of our next guest. I never do this, but I was reading her testimonials and I was getting all worked up. So read this or check this out. There are no words to describe how grateful I am for Robin. Robin's our guest, if you didn't catch that already. She is such a genuine person who carries great knowledge and wisdom. After wrestling with certain, a certain situation for months, I met Robin, and I left our conversation with clarity, feeling inspired, and reconnected with myself. Boy, that's a tough one sometimes. She recommended practical changes that have given me freedom and purpose. See, there's, there's a bunch of them here. I'm going to read one more. Working with Robin has been so refreshing. Instead of going down the dark paths of my past, she encouraged me to examine my thinking and what I was believing. Through gentle and thoughtful questions, she was able to help me view life situations from a new perspective. Robin is passionate about helping others live a joyful and authentic life. She radiates kindness and positivity in every session. Wow, that is freaking awesome. You guys are in for a treat today. Um, I cannot wait to introduce our guest after this. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Robin Moore to the show. It's on a show. Robin, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on. I am excited to have you, especially after reading those testimonials. I, I mean, joy, radiate, pulling me from the darkness. Like those are all like my favorite kinds of buzzwords because uh, screw happiness. I'd rather have joy. So yes. I, I'm honored to have you. Anyone that can inspire that in other people is a friend of mine. So we are blessed to have you here, Robin. But first things first, what are you grateful for today? Oh, wow. So important. Um, I would say I'm going to narrow it down to a couple. I'm going to say faith, family, and health are what I'm most grateful for. Isn't that what it's all about? Mm -hmm. I love that. So for someone to be able to show people a path to joy, to freedom, to, to pull them out of the darkness, they have to have been through it too. You can't have wisdom in an area that you haven't lived. So wh where did all this come from, Robin? Yeah, right. You're exactly right, right? And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because of the transformation that I've personally lived through. And so for me, what that was is severe, severe, severe depression, anxiety, um, suicide attempts I shouldn't have actually lived through. Uh, started for me really young, started in junior high, um, and then it just, it carried on for decades, unfortunately. Um, it then led me into, uh, you know, going from doctor to doctor, prescription to prescription. Before you knew it, I was 30 years old on 11 prescription medications, was 70 pounds heavier than I am now, had no quality of life, um, you know, never slept more than three hours at night you know, and barely could stay awake during the day, could barely function. And so I've moved from that to a life that I never, ever could. If you'd told me back then, I'd have thought, whatever, right? Dream world. <laughs> um, but now I've been depression-free, anxiety-free uh, for about 15 years now. I've lost that 70 pounds. I've gotten off 11 prescription medications. Um, I've even adopted my son um, as a single woman at birth. He's now seven. And so I'm living this life, started my own business, um, just that you couldn't have convinced me at the time was possible. Wow. So depression and anxiety is something that a lot of people believe with, especially faith. People of faith mm -hmm. battle with depression and anxiety more than anyone I know, which you think it would be the opposite. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Because has, has that been your experience as, I mean, literally a world-class coach in this area? What has been your experience with that? Yeah, you know, most of the women that I work, well, I work with men as well, but most of the people I work with are of the Christian faith. So I would definitely see that I see that really prevalent. I don't know if it's more so, but I will tell you the piece from my experience and what I see is there seems to be an extra layer of guilt that comes with that, right? Because we we think as believers, we should not be struggling with this. <laughs> um, but right, life is hard. <laughs> and you know, life is hard. And 
And I think that guilt is what puts people into this secret life, right? This hiding what's really going on versus being open and honest so they can get help. So I definitely think that that is more prevalent um, in the faith and the church um, because people don't want other people to know what's going on. And all that does is adds more darkness in our life, right? It just, Mm. we just hide it. It goes down. That's what was true for me. Um, You know, I hid it and I hid it until I no longer could hide it, right? And it comes out in some some form eventually. Um, But I do think that, I think that guilt is one of the huge things that needs to really kind of be addressed, that that we live in a world where there's going to be ups and downs and heartaches. And we just need tools to learn how to carry that into freedom, right? It's not that we won't have them, And, but when the Lord, you know, when the Bible talks about the renewing of our minds, we think that's great, but what does that really mean? (laughs) And, um, and I think that's the practicality of what I do. Let me show you what that really means. Let me show you what you can do, no matter what the circumstance is to actually walk in that freedom that we know is there. It's just sometimes a little bit hard to find it in the midst of it. I, so I appreciate everything you're saying because that's what I, it did, but it took two years into my walk with the Lord and a month long relapse on meth and in a, a re-up, I was about to re-up. It was like up for four days going on. I would have been dead if I would have kept going, but God intervened in a big way. And he came to me and he said, you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. You, you, you don't get to have secrets. You don't, you don't get to have that luxury of secrets you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world and when you mess up you're going to talk about it you're going to publicly confess your sin your struggle all of it and i mean there was a lot more that happened in that moment but it gave birth to uh, a show that i was doing called gratitude unfiltered and uh after three years no longer doing that anymore because i don't need it anymore and i'm ready i've owned my identity now Uh, i don't have to hide but that said there was something so powerful about just like it was terrifying to go on and talk about when I the devil was attacking me with the spirit of suicide. And and it was like, I'm going to get you mother beep. I'm going to get you one way or another. So you might as well kill yourself now and just haunting me for two days straight. And I heard talk about it, hmm. put a light on it. And I went and talked about it. And so I've made everything in my life that, that has gone good. And once it started going good and my fruit started producing ripe fruit, not rotten fruit. It came from literally talking about everything I did that I messed up on, like the relapses and, and just other things that I had done that I felt morally convicted of and little things like honoring the Sabbath, like, I mean, which is minor comparing to what I've talked about before, but I've found the greatest freedom ever in just being able to talk about what I messed up on. And I've also been able to witness what God does with it when I publicly confess. Now, I hear pastors all the time talk about, well, you know, if you fornicate or you, you know, you have a relapse or you do this or that, you want to go to a confidant, but you don't want to publicly tell people. I re- I rebuke that. Like, I completely disagree with that because the because that means someone out there still knows a secret. Someone's got some pictures of you that you don't want out. But there's freedom and being able to go, 
yeah, this woman's trying to blackmail me because she's got pictures and videos of me doing all this crazy stuff with drugs and just being able to talk about it. Did people look at me like I was crazy? Sure. Guess what? I'm free, though. You, you, you got no bullets on me. Yeah. So as a professional, not a reckless maniac, like I am, as a professional, what do you say about public confession? Yeah. So I think there's something, the word that came to me as you were talking was transparency, right? I think there's such a gift in transparency. That's why, right? We, we come on, we tell people, we talk about what we've been through because people can look at that and, and start to believe that they too can find freedom because as we walked in that they can believe that now i think the way that you oh no you keep talking i'm talking okay. on my camera oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> i got you i was like yes I, yes yeah I, I should have warned you ahead of time you may see me going <laughs> like and I, it's really at my camera not you okay perfect um, so i would say the uh the type of personality i think um, the way that we share that, the most healing for some, based on your personality, could be what you do, right? I think especially men, right? That may be just to proclaim it, get it out there, right? Accountability, that sort of thing. I think there's also a lot of people that have had a high level of shame yeah. in their life. And so walking out publicly with some big thing might just increase the shame until they find more freedom and learning how they can actually deal with that. So I think it kind of depends. It's different for different people at where you are in your life and your walk. We know that shame is not from God, but I think we all have it in some sense, some of us right at different levels. And so I think as more freedom comes, I think it's then a lot safer to just air out everything that's going on. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I, I find freedom in it. Uh, I, I, it does. And I, I do recognize that it may not be for everybody because not everyone's built to handle some of the crap that can come with it. Um, but for me, you know, I was a liar, a chronic liar and narcissist. I mean, it was evil. My, our book is called The Devil Inside Me. And that's not a joke. Um, and thank God for Jesus, though. <laughs> I couldn't outrun Jesus. But I for me, that was the only way and also creating a space where I couldn't hide anymore. I mean, my, I, I talk about this quite a bit, but my double life had a double life. Like I, 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 I was that far into it that even the people that I was sneaking around doing bad stuff with, I was sneaking around doing bad stuff. Like it was worse than what I was doing before. So I knew how to hide. I could hide in plain sight and with having, you know, uh, I know the diagnosis and I don't claim this, even though like I know God's healing me. But, you know, having DID uh, for most of my life and the weird experiences that have come from that. But it's also learned I've learned for that to be a blessing mm -hmm. and 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 even being able to talk about that. And like my different altars having different sexualities, which I can imagine the mind F that is for my my wife <laughs> and other people that have tried to love me because it is weird. It's weird for me. <laughs> it's like okay it's like looking at chocolate milk and going hey i love chocolate milk that sounds good and then 30 minutes later going ah what is that ah! like, that's that can be what life is like but at the same time i i being able to talk about it freely has allowed other people to go wait a second i think my husband had that 
or I think my wife had that. And it's created the space to have conversation. I was an abuser. I was I didn't I wasn't just sexually abused and physically abused. I became a physical abuser. I became the the nightmare that I didn't want to be. And 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 but being able to talk about it, it creates the space for healing in my belief. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate your insight on that. And I didn't mean to go on so much of a tangent. Um, but I do want to dive into something else because secrets for me is poison mm -hmm. for me. And I know you can't talk about your clients specifically, but I would, if you will, if you can address this, some of the shame that I've, I know about because I get messages in private, some of the shame that men deal with, and I know you said you'd coach women and men, is men deal with the shame of talking about being sexually abused and how it's affected them, especially men of faith. And, you know, just because you give your life to the Lord and you start working and you start seeking Jesus every day and you have that relationship, it doesn't mean that you completely change all of your old ways or your old thoughts. And thus comes this wrestling match and not understanding. Can you talk about like the trauma that if you've worked with men that have dealt with sexual trauma or physical trauma, how it's affected them and in really what you're doing to encourage them to be able to, whether it's speak openly or get the right help so that they can know their identity, because there's nothing more dangerous than a man that doesn't know his identity. Yeah. So, you know, identity, let me just speak to that first. That is, is so huge, right? We, it's so interesting how we can know things as a fact for other people than when we look at our own life, right? We somehow we can't apply it, right? Yeah, and yeah. that that that's those those um you know that negative inner self-talk that happens to us. So right, so for instance, you're talking about sexual abuse. We have an event that happens to us, often young, um, all different levels, and somehow that gets distorted into our head um as it's our fault, right? We start telling ourselves we're unlovable, we're you know all these different lies and but they become truth for us right and so then that takes us on these path and walking in a life based on these untruths and then we continue to walk that way now if we're talking to someone else they we can tell them oh no that's not true blah, blah. but somehow right we have trouble applying that um you know to ourselves mm. um I don't know what the statistics are um, for for males as far as sexual abuse. Um, I believe the last one I saw for women is is one in four women. So that's a very large number. It's a big number. Um, I know, um, you know, I was sexually abused um, when I was younger, and I know as I share that with people and I talk about that, um, I, so many people tell me right that they too have experienced that same. Um, and so I think it's um, important. And again, I think it goes back to that personality um, as far as who is safe for them to share that. Because I do believe that safety, especially in the beginning, when you have a wound, when, wound, when you have something from shame, I think you have to find somewhere safe to voice that. And I think people are always amazed um, 
that I'm not really thrown back by anything. <laughs> like, um, and I think when you find a safe spot and you begin to open up, because a lot of the things in our lives are things that are done to us. And a lot of the things are, th are choices that we've made. Right. Well, my choices and, are worse than what happened to me. That's for sure. Even though a lot of bad stuff happened, the choices I made were way worse. I did way more self-inflicted harm on myself and others than that was done to me. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. And I think that that, I think those messages often come with the things that are done with us. And I think that the um, guilt is so much more, um, even though that can be in both, it's, it's more resonates when it's something, yeah, but I had the choice, right? As you talked about, and, or I abused, I did this thing. But what we have to realize is that we give what we receive unless we stop and intentionally make a change. Some people, God comes, saves them, they're healed in an instance, right? I was saved when I was very young. I still went through all of this, right? Because my job is to partner with Christ. My job is to partner with him and let him bring that healing. Sometimes it comes in an instance, but most of the time it's about us partnering with him. I agree with that. I a hundred percent in some people's journey. Like when Paul talks about his thorn, I didn't know, I don't know what my thorn or thorns are, mm -hmm. but there's some things that I've begged God, especially when I have a switch and I don't come back for a while, or I have a switch and my cats even recognize it and they don't want to be around me. My wife doesn't want to be around me. And that's not a knock on her. It's for her safety because it sucks. It, it's, it's, it's awful to, I, I can look at my wife when I'm not me and go, she knows I'm not me. Like, and she can see it and she acts different than me. And like, even though I know I'm not the same person, it still hurts. And like, and then I don't want it. If for all of the gifting that has come from having multiples, multiple identities, that is, I right now that is my identity that I claim, and I'm okay with it. I know that God's healing me, um, and I can see there's evidence of it, but it's not all the way yet. And I don't know what the lesson is fully from it, but I do know that God has a reason for all of it, you know. And God can use and will use all of it once we give it to Him. And that's why I found so much comfort in just being able to talk about this stuff because sometimes I'm not the best. I mean, I don't call myself a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, follower of the way. <laughs> the Lord Jesus is my savior. Um, I don't like that name Christian so much, but I am not a good Christian little boy sometimes, you know, and sometimes I'm borderline evil. And sometimes I'm going, how can, how can Jesus love me when I turn into this person? But my experience with it is God has used it. God, is, my sexuality stuff is not healed yet. And I don't know if I'm supposed to be. Like, I know what it says in the Bible about homosexuality. But I, 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 I've said this before on my show. I feel better when I just, just like, I feel better about myself when I just let myself be. Doesn't mean I'm going out and doing all the stuff I was doing before. But when I just accept the fact that God loves me for who I am, and I love myself for who I am, everything in my life works better. But when I'm shaming myself or struggling with the fact that I may have these desires towards someone of the same sex, I'm not beating myself over the head anymore going, Jesus is going to hate you. You're going to hell. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. Because all that did was make me go face down. And, uh, let me read. 
I'm just doing a bunch of drugs and having a bunch of sex with people I didn't know. Because that's what I did when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was angry, when I was mad. For every emotion other than normal, that's what I was doing. That's what shame and guilt did to me. But now I have the freedom in saying, I love Jesus with all my heart. I'm known as a shock jock evangelist. Churches, except one, have, have not let me speak there because I'm willing to be honest about where I'm at exactly. But that does not change how God will use me, how God is using me. And it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is my savior. Can you yeah. speak to that? Can you speak to the people out there? Like say your, your clients are watching right now and I'm not naming any of them or future clients are out there and they've gone through that kind of trauma where they don't necessarily know their sexual identity. They know what the Bible says. They know all of that. They know what man says, but like in their heart and their spirit where they're like, but this is where I feel normal. This mm -hmm. is where I feel I'm, I can love and I can love others. Can you speak to that? And you don't have to agree with one word I just said. So speak freely. Yeah. So one thing I want to say is the healing, the best way healing comes, right? It's from understanding how much God loves us, right? Like we can't, so we get such a, a, in our human brains, right? We can't comprehend it, but we based how much we love people on actions, what they do or don't do, right? That's how we love. That's how we base our love. That is not how God bases his love, right? Hmm. We are born as lovable. Have you ever known a baby to you looked at and think that thing is evil? I hate it, right? No, we all know we love babies, right? Even though they do nothing, nothing for us, right? They cry, they, right? They're, you know, they, we have to change diapers. We have, right. It's a lot of work, right. But we love them so much. And I think that's one of the best pictures that we can have, even though that's still nowhere close to what it's like for the way that, you know, God loves us. But that picture of somehow then we start basing it on what we do or don't do. And that's where love and it exists because we are just lovable beings. That's just a fact, right? That's how he made us. Um, and I also think, actually I know, I've experienced it in my life and I've seen it with other people, that it's really about curiosity from our standpoint versus condemnation. So if we're walking in an area that we don't feel like is in line with you know, what God tells us in the Bible, the best place to be is curious. <laughs> like, like I wonder, I wonder why I do that, right? Because when we come at it with curiosity, then we can dig deep and actually figure out where the root of that is. But if we say, I shouldn't be doing that, I shouldn't be doing that, got to have more willpower, right? That It just doesn't work long term, right? Because in the, the essence behind that is I'm beating myself up yeah. for these thoughts. Because every every action you have starts with a thought. Every emotion you have starts with a thought, right? And so it comes back to our thoughts. So instead of condemning ourselves for that, right? Let's, let's you know, as we talked about, bring it into the light. Let's be curious. Like, I wonder what this is about. I wonder when this happens, 
right? I wonder if is there a some is there something that happens before that brings me to this point, and then what is the thought in between that? Because really, the way to the things that we want to change in our life comes through changing that thought. And again, it's our choice. God gave us free will. We can always choose. But we get to be the ones to choose if we want to have a thought that serves us or if we want to have one that just comes when it comes or takes us down a path that we don't want to go. That's really profound. Now I know why you're a good coach. (laughs) Uh, Wisdom was one of the words I, I remember reading in your reviews. By the way, a little off subject. Um, how does it feel to hear those reviews, those testimonials about the work you've done? How does that feel for you? It feels like restoration to all those decades of, of, of hell really that I lived through because not only do I now have a joy and a peace, and I've been able to bring this amazing little boy into my life that I get to speak and show those same things, but every person that I, because what that review, those reviews, thank you for reading that, those, some of those, but when I read those, I hear freedom entering these people's lives, and to me, there's nothing more powerful than freedom. Like, I believe God came to bring us ultimate freedom, but I believe he came to bring us freedom here on earth, right? I don't think it's just, you know, all about the thereafter, right? Like, there's so much that he has for us right here. And I think that all, I think the word freedom, we talked about joy too. Those two words for me are are very powerful words that have deep level in that. And when I'm able to see my clients read those review and hear the freedom that they get. I know it's not just about the problem they came to me. They get to layer that into all the different areas of their life. They get to use the tools to begin to find freedom in every area. What is the most challenging lesson that you've had to learn that you got to learn? Mm-hmm. I think it really comes back to myself. And I think it's what I just talked to you about. Um, There is so much power in letting go of the condemnation to ourselves. How hard I um, I'm, I guess some might say I'm an overachiever. I'm a hard worker. I don't do most things halfway. Right. I, I go at it. And with that, I can be very, hard on myself because I feel like I need to be at a certain level. And so as I've learned and continue to learn to be more um, loving and curious with myself, that's where more and more levels of freedom come. Um, And I get to apply that right to my parenting. I get to apply that to, um, you know, people I work with people I'm in relationship with, um, instead of looking through them, um, like in a way that maybe I think they should be behaving differently or something of that fact, right? Through my lens of curiosity and compassion, that's the word I'm looking for. Compassion for myself, my compassion for others continues to grow. You know, 
<clears throat> compassion reminds me of forgiveness. Two mm -hmm. separate things, but I don't believe you can forgive without compassion first. It could be wrong, mm -hmm. at least in my experience, because it took... Um, so my sixth time, I was in L.A. County Jail and was put in isolation. Most people that watch this program know my testimony already. But I was looking at five years in prison. And after the first 24 hours after the cocaine and tequila wore off, um, I started to really it set in like where I was at. And like, oh, God, like, it's come to this. And I was so furious and so angry with God and. You know, even they wouldn't give me anything to read. And then for some reason, I remember there being a Bible, like they had to give me a Bible. And I think I got that from watching prison shows. I'm not really sure. But open the Bible and, you know, and it, 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 even though I didn't necessarily understand half of what I was reading at first, by the time I got to Proverbs and I was reading all the things that I did was doing not the right way. And, by then got to John and I started reading about the love of Jesus and what he had for us. It opened my heart up enough to, to get angry at God because I never really acknowledged God. I'd been to church, but I would leave and go do cocaine after. And, um, I only went to make my mom happy. And, um, but after reading John and having a little bit of like, I guess it was the love of Jesus hitting me at the time, but it was enough to soften me up to start screaming at God, yelling at him. Why won't you fix me? Why won't you change me like everybody else? Screaming. And I heard God speak to me for the first time that I could recognize. And he said, you have to forgive your father. Well, how in the beep am I supposed to do that? Screaming at him. Because it happened to him too. was God's response. And that was the very first time that I'd ever had compassion for my dad. And I watched him suffer miserably with melanoma. I showed up an hour late to his funeral because I was doing blow and all kinds of ungodly things the night before. And, um, and I just didn't care. I made a mockery of his funeral. I hated him. But in that moment, the, the compassion that had set in and realizing that he learned it from someone. It wasn't, he wasn't born that way. And it changed everything for me. All the people that hurt me, all the people that screwed me over, all, all the people. And I started to understand also, not only have to compassion for them, but I also started to understand that, that life truly happens for us because and through the journey of my walk with the Lord, I've started to realize that God is going to use all of that pain, all of the sorrow, all the shame, the guilt. He's going to use it all. But it, it was because of compassion, which then turned into forgiveness. Hmm. So it was powerful for me. Um, what For you, forgiveness, compassion, do they, do they go together or what's your yeah. experience with that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's um, it, it's it's interesting because I've never really you know thought about that specifically, and I was thinking about that as you were talking. I believe forgiveness is a choice, um, and so I was just thinking about I kind of instances in my life when I have forgiven, and for me, I feel like 
the forgiveness is actually what brought the compassion. Um, Cause I feel like it was a choice for me. And then when I was able to forgive them, then I was able to then see, um, right. Because I think that opens up the door to so much in our life, not even forgiveness, but especially forgiveness is let's think about what else might be going on in their life, right? Like we tend to think what the way they're treating us is about us and it hardly ever is. (laughs) It's about what they've gone through, what they lived through. And so I've learned to look at people with compassion when I choose to forgive, because I think I wonder what has happened in their life that would cause them to react to me in that manner. That's just maturity. Well, yeah, and it's not always the first thing, right? It's not always the first thing. But I think when I can step back, right, I can look at that and say that. And I think, you know, forgiveness is not about the other person, right? Forgiveness is about us. Forgiveness is what does what you just explained in your heart, right? It opens up and relieves you so you don't walk around and have to be bitter. It doesn't tell them that anything I did was okay. It doesn't, they may never even know you forgive them. And sometimes you get to tell them that most of the time we don't, we do it for ourselves. Right. And that's, and God knew that when he, when he told us that. Right. Um, but, and also I want to speak to one other thing about, I, I've heard several things that you've talked about <clears throat> that, that this mess that we've lived through in our lives, it's true with everybody. It can actually become our greatest strength. Right. If we the Lord tells us he'll turn it to good if we let him. Right. Yeah. If we look to him. And so he can use those the, the the deeper it was, the higher I feel like he can take it um, and in ways. And so instead of looking at those things as wishing and like you said, happening to us, wishing that things had been differently. Right. We can say, how can I use this mm-hmm. for greater good in my life and the life of others? Yeah, I, I I cannot disagree with that one bit. In fact, I've seen more beauty come from the ashes than I have from roses. I mean, bad maybe a bad analogy, but I think about all of the blessings in my life, they were birthed out of some trauma. Hmm. All of them. Even losing my family. Because losing my family, losing my kids... When God restored my life, I then knew how to appreciate them and not to take it for granted. Um, And that in itself is powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's God. It's not just walking in obedience. It's, you know, I mean, it's appreciating. Of course, I think part of obedience is being grateful for what you do have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's part of it. But Mm -hmm. I sure uh, have learned to appreciate. I used to take for granted my ability to hit home runs and and make just money. But I could open my eyes and make money for so long. And I was able to pull myself out of every time I got arrested or every time I, you know, made a bad decision. I was able to pull myself out of um, my mistakes with money and talking my way out of it up until that sixth time. And I, God taught me a lot of lessons about being a good steward uh, and being, you know, and, and using what I've been blessed with and treating it with excellence and in all of that. And it's really, really helped me learn to appreciate 
the journey, the struggle, uh, the little victories, because I was always swinging for the fences. I couldn't see the little blessings, but the little blessings are like, to me, are almost is more, more joyful than experiencing the big one because that euphoria goes away. Those little ones, those little blessings, which can kind of happen every day and, and being able to look at those and go, wow, that's what gives you, for me, gives you the energy to keep going, to keep climbing, to keep, it's like that spike of dopamine or adrenaline or whatever to get you to the next level and to weather the storms that come is because those little victories are more frequent than we give them credit for, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's what we focus on grows, mm. right? So the more that we focus on gratitude and you do that, what you explain the little things, right? The more then that's what grows in our life, because it's, it's going to, if we focus on our problems, not that we don't ever have to look at them or situate, but if that's where our focus is, right? Guess what? Our problems grow. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it's what we give our time and attention to. And so I think, I think gratitude is huge. And I think that it's, there are things for us, if you, especially if you live in America, right? If you live anywhere, there's things to be grateful for yes. all the time. Um, if we just stop and look. You're, you're hundred percent right. So for you, you've got, you have an amazing coaching career. I mean, like what your, your clients love you and you know, you, you, that, that for some people would be enough. What's the new mountain that you're about to climb? If you can share it. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, um, so I still work a full-time job and do coaching. So I have two jobs. Um, and so, my next mountain is right when I have the blessing of being able to just coach full time. Because um, that is uh, the dream, right? Um, and so, yeah, I can't, that's kind of the next big thing that I know will come and am super excited for when it comes. So walk, and I, I'm very, it's very rare because I think everyone I know is some type of coach of some kind. So it's very, very rare that I walk people through this path because I don't really make recommendations unless if I'm led to. This, like, your nature feels good in my spirit. And um, and it's like I, I, I can, it's like I can feel how you are when you're working with your clients, both men and women. And I, and I, it feels good. I can't explain that. It just feels good. So can you walk people, if so, so the audience out there, whether you're listening on podcast, radio, social media, the network, it doesn't matter, but like you're talking to people all over the world that are going to now be interested in what you're all about as a coach. So if people want you to coach them or are curious about it. Can you walk them through the process of how they reach out to you, but, and also like how you decide if that's the right client for you or whatever you call them. Mm -hmm. Can you can you walk them through those that process, please? Yeah. So my website is robinmorecoaching.com and it's Robin with a Y. And there is a you can they can look on there. They can see more of my story, see some of the testimonials you read. But there's also a button on there that they can book a call with me. And so that's just, you know, a quick, you know, 30 minute call for us then 
to talk to each other, right? For them to see if they feel like I'm a good fit for me to see if I feel like they're a good fit, because my goal is always to connect people with whoever's going to be the best suited to help them. Right. And so um, it, it's free. It's a call. And then we can go from there if we decide that it's a fit and we want to work together. Maybe you're not, I'm not supposed to ask this, but I'm going to anyway, and you don't have to answer, but what is your ideal client like? Like what is, would be your specialty? Yeah. Um, so I would say probably I, my ideal would be Christian moms. Um, just because I understand the intricate details of both of those things. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, I have such a passion as being a mom. So I think that would probably be, um, you know, ideal client. I dig it. Yeah. Robin, you're a blessing. Um, I've enjoyed, I've been really enjoyed talking to you and you're welcome back anytime. I've just, I love what you're doing. I love your, your, you just have this sweet disposition uh, that's very welcoming and it feels safe in other words, which for some people that's, that's basically everything. (laughs) It's just feeling safe. So that's super cool of you. You're a blessing. God bless you, Robin. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Robin Moore, everyone. Oh, that was cool. I, I, I mean, again, I don't really recommend coaches, but I, if you're out there, you heard it. You're a Christian mother, and looking for, you know, a good, a good, wise woman, um, a, a, hum, a person of God, a child of God, um, or just even a, a strong leader, a compassionate leader, a wise human being. Like I feel good about recommending her as a coach, um, but you have to decide for yourself. But it's worth that phone call. So reach out to her. The website's scrolling at the bottom there, uh, robinmorecoaching.com. And it's R-O-B-Y-N-M-O-O-R-E, coaching. If you can't spell coaching, Google it. (laughs) She was awesome. I love it. I loved her authentic answers. She wasn't rattled by anything. I mean, not that I tried, but sometimes I do that. Um, I recommend her. You guys check her out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Pathwater. Appreciate it. Drinkpathwater.com. Use promo code Joshua T. Berglund. Stateandliberty.com. If you want a suit, uh, awesome menswear. They even have women's stuff. The customer service, by the way, is everything at State and Liberty. That's why I mean, what they did for me, never forget. Amazing customer service, and who cares that it's an online shop? I know they have stores all over the place. It doesn't matter. They will take care of you. You will feel like you're getting a custom fit suit by what's a butler's name or like a whatever the, the name of seamstress. I don't know. Whoever fits custom suits and does a great job at it, re, they're amazing. Terrific. So, God bless you. Also, thank you for everyone supporting the Devil Inside Me book and film. God bless you all. If we can ever do anything for you, we can pray for you, um, you need a sounding board, reach out to us anytime. You can just comment below wherever you're watching from and we'll reach out to you. God bless. Thank you so much.